Hello, Digital Cathedral family. Brace yourselves for an awe-inspiring journey on Don Keithley's podcast. Take a seat, find your comfort, and let's plunge into the heart of the divine. Here's the powerful December 3rd message titled, The Christ-Empowered Life. Good morning, everybody. Glad to have you with me once again here at the Digital Cathedral. Hope you've had a wonderful week and you're looking forward with a lot of anticipation for the week that is in front of us. It's uh, holiday season, so I hope you're enjoying it. Get some rest, spend some time with your family, and uh, be ready to crank it up for a new year, 2024. Man, it's hard to believe that 2023 is almost over. This year just flew by. I mean, it just seems like we were celebrating New Year's Eve 2023, and here we're almost done for the whole year. I want to talk to you a little bit this morning about the Christ-empowered life. I think we got some things uh, worth sharing this morning. I want you to drink it all in. It's falling in line with what we've been teaching over the last uh, eight, nine, ten weeks on being co-creators, recipe for co-creation, uh, the what has given us that ability, that foundation that we can begin to bring things from the invisible into the visible, from the unseen into the seen. So let's talk a little bit this morning about the Christ-empowered life, the life that we are designed and predestined actually to live. And this is a generation that you're part of. And everything I say this morning is not for somebody else. Everything I'm saying includes you because you, my friend, have come to the kingdom for such a time as this. And many of you that I'm speaking to this morning, you have not yet hit stride. He still kind of maybe got you a little bit on the sidelines, but he's going to begin to bring you out because you're at a you're at a place in your development where you can where you can point people to the freedom and the liberty that they have in Christ. Show them who they've always been, what they've always possessed. And so what we're talking about this morning is to just bring you some reassurance that the life that you're living, that I'm living, you're living, we're living together, is destined for big things. All right, let's begin over in Romans chapter 8, verse 19, familiar verse of scripture. Uh, and I'm going to read it out of the New King James, and I want to read it out of the Passion Translation. Romans chapter 8, 19, familiar verse, just get you thinking this direction. For the earnest expectation of the creation eagerly waits for the revealing of the sons of God. I was meditating on that scripture this week, and it, it uh, struck me that all creation is not looking for your theology. All of creation is not looking for my belief system to be perfected. All of creation is not looking for me to dot every I, cross every T, and walk in absolute perfection. What creation is looking for, they're looking for the sons of God to begin to move into visibility where they're actually doing the things that a Christ-empowered life would enable them to do. Let me read that out of the Passion Translation. I, I love the way that the Passion Translation words this. Romans chapter 8, 19, chapter 8, verse 19 out of the Passion Translation. The entire universe, that is so strong. The entire universe is standing on tiptoe yearning. Do you know why, you ever, you ever been to a parade? I remember being to a parade when I was a kid and we weren't in the front row. So sometimes you got to stand on your tiptoes to see what's going on. That's what I think the, the writer of the Passion Translation is getting at, is that all of creation 
doesn't want to miss a thing. They're looking for it. They're eagerly yearning, which means an intense longing. That word there, yearning, is actually means intense longing. So they're standing on tiptoes. They want to make sure that they don't miss anything, want to make sure they can see everything. They're standing on tiptoe yearning to see the unveiling of God's glorious sons and daughters. And it is an unveiling. And what I see in an unveiling is process. It, it's a... Uh, I don't think we can ever say, look, we just we fully are totally unveiled, at least in this point in our development. Now, we're going to get there because the measure, the stature, the fullness of Christ is actually what the apostle, prophet, evangelist, pastor, and teacher are supposed to be working toward, as well as the unity of the faith and several other things that are mentioned in that fourth chapter of Ephesians. So, you know, that, that verse of scripture, there probably isn't any other, other verse of scripture that I can really put my finger on in the New Testament that is, a, that is any more relevant to what the Father is doing in the planet today. And we're going to tie this into the kingdom in just a minute. No other verse is more relevant than the manifestation of the sons of God. It's breaking forth, it's breaking forth around the world. And as it does, there's three or four fronts that I think you can, you can recognize if you're in tune to what the Father's doing today, you can see several things going on. Now remember, everything I'm going to talk about this morning, I've, it, it's geared toward your life and my life. I'm, teach, I'm preaching to me this morning. I'm, I'm teaching me this morning. I, I came over this morning with just some things that I, I've had stirring in my life. I feel like the Father is showing me. And I want to just come over and roll it out for you. All right, three, four things that I think the manifestation of the sons of God is actually bringing to the forefront today. First of all, he's developing a lot of character and integrity in his sons and daughters. I can't believe the exposure of ministries that has taken place over the last two, three years. Even this last couple of weeks, last month or so, we've seen a major ministry once again, all messed up. Uh, it seems like the more you emphasize sin and holiness and hoop jumping, you know? It seems like the, the, the more is being covered up because you're boxing yourself into hypocrisy and I'm, I'm not gonna get into that. I just wanna emphasize this morning that the Father is working into our lives integrity and, and character. The spirit of truth is bringing revelation on what it means, as I mentioned a couple of minutes ago, spirit of truth is bringing revelation to us about what it means to come to the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ, the Christ-empowered life we're talking about this morning. And I'll tell you what, the Father has been impressing on me that we, we are at the cuspus of demonstrating power and living in two dimensions, in two realms at the same time as Jesus did. I got more to say about that this morning because I think it's right here. It's, ha it's happening. It's not, this isn't looking forward to something. These are the things that are breaking forth right now. The third thing that I think is prevalent coming forth from the manifested sons of God today is this ministry of reconciliation. Uh, letting others know that the Father has fully, totally accepted them just like they are. This is not an invitation. This is a proclamation that God was in Christ reconciling to the world to himself, the entire cosmos, not imputing sins against them. So this is, this is a message that you and I need to run with. We need to carry it big time. And, and, and I'm beginning to get an unction on social media, Facebook and other places, that this is what we need to emphasize. I've, I've been hard on religion for years. I'm not hard on people, I'm hard on the system. And I remain that way. 
but I'm beginning to, to soften a little bit to see that this message of reconciliation has got to be the headline message. And I think the fourth thing, and this is all I'm going to mention about what I think the Father's developing right now. This is what the Father's been speaking to me about, is he's developing in us the ability, the desire, and the power to put boots on the ground in the way that Jesus did. Remember over in Luke chapter 4, we read this every once in a while because I think it is a characteristic of the Christ-empowered life. This is what Jesus, as soon as he came out of the wilderness, he went to church, they hand him the book, he reads from the book, and this is his proclamation. This is, <clears throat> this is, this is Jesus living life. This is, this is Jesus demonstrating kingdom. And if you and I are going to demonstrate kingdom, uh, I don't just throw out a bunch of platitudes or theories or ideas about the kingdom. I think we're at a point where we need to say, okay, here, here's how you do it. Here's what takes place. Jesus said, here's Jesus demonstrating the kingdom. Spirit of the Lord is upon me. He has anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. That's, I don't think that's necessarily financially poor, although it can be. We're talking about poor, poor emotionally, uh, intellectually, poor people that, uh, of enlightenment, they're not awakened. That's being poor. Right? Poor is when you have a lack in some area. So when we look around the world today, there's all kinds of lacks. And that's what the world is looking for. They're looking for somebody that can come and impart something to them that will alleviate the frustration that they have over lack. He said, not only is I come to preach the gospel to the poor, I've been sent to heal the brokenhearted. Again, this is Jesus, boots on the ground. This is what's developing in you and me that we can go and do these very same things. These are not miracles. This is, this, this is rubber meets the road. This is solving dilemmas and problems that people face every day in their life. Proclaim liberty to the captives, recovery of sight to the blind. Recovery of sight to the blind. That's worth meditating on. Not talking about, I don't think, physical blindness. Oh, Jesus certainly did heal uh, people that are physically blind. But he says recovery. That means at one point they could see, but they can't see now. This is an, enlighten an enlightenment to people that, ha that have never known who they've always been. They're blind to it. Need awakening. Need, need a, a, a shift of perception. And to set at liberty those that are oppressed and proclaim the acceptable year of the Lord. That's Jesus demonstrating the message. Again, in Acts chapter 10, verse 38, we won't turn there. It just simply says that Jesus went about doing good and healing all that were oppressed of the devil. There's a lot going on right now in the kingdom. A lot going on on the planet right now. And what's going on is going to require something that you've maybe never done in your life. Maybe you have. I think many of you have because of where you're living right now. Everything that's going on today, the revelation, the integrity, the character that's being built, the ministry of reconciliation, uh, living out like Jesus lived out, it's going to require that we hold our theology loosely. We, we can't come into place anymore where we say, I've got all my beliefs set in concrete. This is the only way that it is. I, I won't vary off of this. I won't, won't shift. I won't believe anything different than what I believe today. There are some foundations. There are some fun, fundamentals. I'm a Jesus guy. I read my Bible. Uh, I follow the unction of the Holy Spirit. Those are all basic things. But there's a lot of uh, minutia, if I could put it that way, that we need to really hold loosely because we need to see it more, more clearly. So 
by, by holding it loosely, it puts us in a position where we can respond rather than try to figure out. That's the difference between tree of life, tree of knowledge of good and evil. Tree of life, it, the tree of life is simply kingdom living. It's when we respond to the voice of the Father without eating from the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, which is where we try to figure it out, let our five physical senses feed us data, and then we do what's logical or reasonable. I'm not saying we'll never be reasonable or be logical, but, but for what he's doing today, we need to respond to his voice. That's all God ever asked Adam to do. Whatever you think the Garden of Eden was, whatever you think the tree of the knowledge of good and evil was, or the tree of life, Fundamentally, basically, the tree of life is simply responding to the Father. That's how Jesus lived in the kingdom. You want to manifest kingdom today, very practically? When he speaks to you inside, obey it. Respond to it. You say, well, what if it doesn't make sense? What if it's not logical? Obey the voice. Respond. Respond. We, we need to be prepared. Here's what I'm driving at right now, first part of this teaching. Here's what I'm driving at. We need to be prepared for a lot of shifts. We need to be prepared for some changes of direction. As the, as the picture crystallizes, as we th see things more clearly that the Father is doing on the planet to bring us to the full realization of, of the measure, the stature, the fullness of Christ, it's going to take adjustments. It's going to take times when we go, oh, I need to tweak that. Oh, I, I didn't quite have that right. Didn't quite see that right. And, and we just keep tweaking who we are. Uh, as who we've always been comes into focus. Paul said it like this. 2 Corinthians chapter 3 and verse 18, he said, we all with an unveiled face. That means there's no obstacles in front. You're not looking through uh, any kind of lens. Uh, there's nothing skewing your vision. We all with an open face beholding as in a mirror. When you look in the mirror, you see image back. In a mirror, the glory of the Lord. So when you look in the mirror and see the glory of the Lord, you're seeing your glory. We're changed into the same image from glory to glory. John said it like this in 1 John chapter 3, verse 2. He says, Beloved, now are we the children of God. It has not yet appeared what we shall be, but we know this when he appears. Not talking about any second coming or rapture or any of that as he is revealed, as he unveils himself, as revelation comes, as the spirit of truth continues to open our eyes. Beloved, now are we the children of God. It has not yet appeared what we shall be, but we know this, that when he is revealed, when he crystallizes, we see him plainly, we shall be like him, for we will see him as he is. Then in, in uh, 2 Peter, what is it? 2 Peter 1.12, Peter says, I want to put you in remembrance of present truth. Present truth. I guess what I'm teaching this morning is what I sense is present truth. It's what the, the truth that is being emphasized today. Those verses, all three of those verses, 2 Corinthians 3, 18, 1 John 3, 2, 2 Peter 1, 12, they're all about change. They're all about movement. These verses are about beginning to see two realms, two dimensions that we can live in. Those verses are about ultimately living in a new reality. And the catalyst to do that, the catalyst to live in the kingdom, the, the catalyst, the four things that I said the Father is doing today, 
integrity, character, spirit of truth unveiling, uh, ministry of reconciliation, uh, how Jesus lived out his life and ministry. We are also, the catalyst to do that is going to come from a Romans chapter 12, verse 2. Let me, let, let me read that for you real quick. I want to get the wording exactly right. Romans chapter 12 and verse 2. Familiar verse. I, again, we, we know the scripture. We know, we know what the Bible says many times. But what the Spirit of Truth is doing today is he's beginning to, to change a little bit the lens that we're reading through. And as we do, he opens our heart to further revelation. All right, here's the catalyst. Here's the catalyst to looking into that mirror and being changed into the same image that you're looking at, which is him. It's the same thing, 1 John chapter 3, verse 2. Now are we the children of God? You're in development. I didn't check the word children there. I would assume, I would guess it's the word pation, which, which is the Greek word for young child. I don't think it's a technon a teenager, it might be techno. I know for sure it's not a weas. It's not, that's a mature son or patier, father of the faith. So here's, here's the catalyst. Here's the catalyst. You want to begin to function in those things, holding your theology loosely, letting the spirit of truth adjust, let him tweak, if, that, if, if you will. Romans chapter 12, verse 2. Do not be conformed to this world. I spoke to you all kinds of times about living below the line. Temporary world. We don't look at things that are seen. Those are all temporary. They're below the line. But be transformed by the renewing of your mind. That is a process. That you may prove what is the good, the acceptable, and the perfect will of God. Which one do you want to hit? Good, perfect, or acceptable. I can tell you the abundant life is, in, is not in the, the, the good or the acceptable. The total, the totality of the abundant of life living in the kingdom, as Jesus demonstrated, comes from the perfect will of God. Now, the word transformed there. I want to set on that word for just a minute. The word transformed in scripture is the Greek word metamorpho. It, it's where we get the word metamorphosis. Uh, it means a change in form. It means a change of nature. It means becoming something brand new that never existed before or never, never was, was visible before. It's different by natural or supernatural means. It's, it's, like the butterf it's like the caterpillar that goes into the cocoon and the butterfly comes out. Maybe, maybe you remember back in biology class, they taught you that was a metamorphosis, that, that worm became a beautiful butterfly. It underwent change, and when it came out of that cocoon, it was something that did not exist before. When you came out of the tomb, when you came out of the cocoon, you were crucified with Christ, you went into the tomb, you're buried with him. But when you came out of that tomb, brother, you came out of that cocoon, you were a species of being that hit this planet, that put feet on the ground that never existed before. That's why I'm tough on the Old Testament. Old Testament pre-cross, pre-resurrection is not directed toward this, this being that came out of the tomb that the planet really is not ready to handle. It's taken us 2,000 years to come to the point where we realize that. You're being a new creation, going from death to life when you were co-created, co-resurrected with Jesus. That is, that's, that's a metamorphosis minute. 
That's a metamorpho if you want to if you want to hold it in the Greek. So in in that time when you came out of the tomb, here's what took place, and this is what the Spirit of God's really been speaking to me about. When you came out of that tomb, you came out of one system into another system. You were you were enabled and empowered to live in another dimension while you're still in the dimension you came out of. Now, let me just say that clearly and plainly again. You, you were coming out of one system into another while at the same time remaining in contact with the system that you came out of. You're walking the earth. Your feet are on, on, on the planet. But your focus and your intention is in the kingdom. Let me emphasize. Kingdom living is nothing but eating from the tree of life, responding to what the Father says. That's real kingdom living. We can get into all kinds of things like the kingdom is the king's domain. Well, if you're in the king's domain, then you respond to the voice of the king. All the, all the, the, I see people teaching kingdom today in a so vague. There's no how-tos. There's no practical application because the one that's teaching it is not walking it out practically. There, it's still a theory. It's still something that, that they, they, they can't quite grasp because they haven't hit the next level yet. Jesus lived in two dimensions. The ultimate kingdom man lived in two dimensions. And what we're becoming aware of today is that as a new creation, he has equipped us to flow back and forth from one dimension to the other until ultimately, as Jesus prayed, heaven and earth become one place. And you function in them as one. Right now, we're still, we're still doing some separation for clarification, aren't we? We're still saying, okay, this is kingdom, this is earth. We're, we, we still got a little bit of room to grow here in this. Paul experienced it. Look what Paul said, 2 Corinthians chapter 12. 2 Corinthians chapter 12. And it, he was a little bit rough about this. I mean, it wasn't, wasn't perfected, but he was, he was actually beginning to experience it. 2 Corinthians chapter 12, and let me pick up with verse 2. Verse 2. He said, I, I know a man in Christ who 14 years ago, whether in the body, I don't know, or whether out of the body, I don't know. God knows. So Paul is saying, I, was, I left this dimension. I went into another dimension. Paul was still living on earth, but he said, look, that 14 years ago, 14 years ago, such a, such a, a one was caught up to the third heaven. And I know such a man, whether in the body, out of the body, I don't know. God knows. <laughs> how he was caught up into the paradise and heard inexpressible words, which it is not lawful for a man to speak. Of such a one, I will boast yet of myself. I will not boast except in the, in the weaknesses that I have. So Paul says here, guys, I was moving back for one dimension to the next. Do you remember that, remember that experience that Peter had in Acts chapter 10? He's up on the, on the porch praying and he's a devout Jew, man. He and all of a sudden, there's this sheet that comes down with all kinds of foods that Jews could not eat. And the Spirit of God said, this is what I mean by making adjustments. Spirit of God says, take and eat, Peter. Peter said, I can't do that. It's not lawful for me to eat those things. He's still hoop jumping. He's still living by some laws. And the Father, Father adjusts 
Peter's belief system, and he says this. He said, Peter, do not call unclean anything that I call clean. That changed Peter's life. One sentence changed Peter's life. He was living in two dimensions. You could call it an encounter. Okay, I'm, I'm good with that. I think I, I, my problem with, with us now where we are in our development, an encounter sounds like separate activities. And I think we're, we're moving into a place where we can live and we begin to recognize I'm seeing with different eyes. I'm seeing some situations that are transpiring in front of us, right? And we're seeing it, and it, it's certainly not below the line stuff happening. It's above the line, but we're experiencing it, and we can see it. Jesus lived in two dimensions at once. I was thinking this week of uh, what happened to Jesus in Luke chapter 4. Uh, long about verse 28, 29, 30, right in there. They were going to stone Jesus. They're going to throw him off a hill. They, wanted to, they were going to kill Jesus. And here's what Jesus did. He became invisible. He walked through the crowd and left. They were bent on killing him. He would have not, if he would have been visible, he would have not walked through that crowd. They would not have let him escape. He was living in two dimensions at one time. Romans chapter 12, verse 2 is about moving out of one place into another by changing your mind, getting a different focus, right? The, the, the word, remember Romans 12, 2, don't be conformed, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. It's about moving out of one place into another by renewing your mind. Renew means this. Renew, and I just love this. Renew means to put back in its original condition. There was a time in the history of man when he, when he had a mind. Now we have a mind of Christ. So as we exercise that mind of Christ, we're renewing ourselves out of the old mindset into a new mindset. And that new mindset doesn't see according to logic, reason, or five physical senses. It eats from the tree of life, and it responds to the voice that is within. Now, renew can also mean to resume after an interruption. Mankind had, had several thousands of years of interruption there. Now we're coming back to where uh, we recognize. I mean, when I was growing up, nobody ever said, I have the mind of Christ. That would have been braggadocious. Nobody would, because we were just poor old pilgrims trying to make it through this world, through this earth. Nobody was kingdom-minded. Kingdom meant you're going to one day die and walk on crystal seas and, and uh, float around with fat babies that got wings on. It was the actually the ultimate weekend, the weekend resort. That's what, what, what we viewed heaven as. We just make it to heaven. How many testimonies I remember on prayer meeting night, Wednesday night, people stand up and say, just pray for me that I can make it to the end. I can endure to the end. That's no kingdom mindset. We're shaking out of that, aren't we? Your mind will be renewed and it will be conformed to whatever you focus on. I don't want you to forget that this morning. Your mind will be renewed and it will conform to whatever you focus on, positive or negative. Whatever the top priority is, that will become part of your reality. I pay attention to when the scripture says something like above all else or first or therefore. 
I love the therefores in the New Testament because that's that's the conclusion of just what you got done reading. So whatever you got done reading, therefore, he said, I'm going to put it in a nutshell for you so you really get it. I watch when Scripture says first. I'm big on Matthew chapter 6, verse 33. Seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things will be added to you. That talks to me about renewing my mind out of one system into another system. And again, that's tree of life thinking. It's respond thinking. It's learning how to hear and simply say, Father, I got, I got it. I hear you. And do you know how you learn to do that? You spend time every day just in a running conversation with him. You don't, you don't just spend an hour on Sunday morning or 30 minutes first thing in the morning. You learn to fellowship with him. That's how intimacy is developed. That's how, that's how understanding is brought to light. And here's what you're going to find. The more you do that, the more sensitive you become to the voice of the Father. The more that voice within you begins to speak to you. When Jesus said Matthew chapter 6, verse 33, he didn't say Matthew 6, 33. He just said, seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. What he was doing was, he's saying, here's where you want to focus your attention. This is what's going to get you where you want to go. He's putting a priority in place. He's fixing a position of importance. He's weaning you off of one tree to the other tree. The kingdom today is a positive reality. It is a present reality. We are living in the kingdom now, and we're honing skills. We're developing our ability to function in it, to function in two realms, function in the kingdom and the world. But our focus is not on the world. Our focus is not what's going on around us. I see people trying to make politics and what's going on in Washington fit in the kingdom. Listen, he's not in a... He's not interested in that. What he's interested in is the kingdom, the establishing of the kingdom. Those that are traveling in that lower dimension are not going to make it happen. When you put your focused attention on the kingdom, you're not going to be pulled off into negative thoughts. You're not going to be pulled off into things that dilute your life and the plan that God has for you. Those three, four things that I mentioned at the very start of the, of the teaching this morning when I said, okay, here's what the Father's doing on the earth today. Here's, what, here's what's taking place in your life. I remind you again, everything I'm talking about this morning isn't for somebody else. It's not for an elite leadership someplace. It's for the inhabitants of the planet. Keep your mind focused on him. Keep your mind focused on the kingdom. And you begin to walk in it because wherever your focus is, where, what is that little saying, wherever energy goes, focus flows, or something like that, what you, what you concentrate on is going to come to pass. Let me just put it down that way. All right, watch this. Philippians chapter 4. Galatians, Ephesians, Philippians, and Colossians. Philippians chapter 4. Here's how you keep that focus. Philippians chapter 4, verse 6. He says, be anxious for nothing. Everything going on in the world right now wants to make you anxious. I see anxious Christians. I see people teaching the kingdom of God under anxiety. Be anxious for nothing but by prayer and supplication. That's the fellowship. That's the walking it out daily. Uh, don't just wait till you get in a bind that you're going to pray then. No, just learn to walk in this daily by prayer and supplication. Let your requests be made known to God. When you focus on the kingdom, your request will be his requests. I think it was Bill Johnson that said, if it's important to you, it's important to God. Let your requests be made known to God. And here's the result. 
When you do that, when you focus on the kingdom, the peace of God, which passes understanding, will guard your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. That, that is, that is a, a powerful scripture. How do you do that? How do you get in that position where you are free from anxiety, free from pressure, free from fear? You focus on, on those and you know what you're going to do? You're going to create them in spades in your life. When you focus on fear, anxiety, pressure, how bad things are getting, the sky is falling, rather than focus on the kingdom. Listen, nothing wrong in the kingdom. The kingdom is expanding. The Father, the Father said, my kingdom expands. There is no end to it. Now, which, which side of the fence are you going to hop on? What your senses are telling you, what the world tells you, and then, and then try to integrate the kingdom into it? Let's separate ourselves out of that system. He's not looking to perfect you in the world system. He's looking to bring you entirely out of that system and begin to function in a brand new way because you are a new creation. So how do you manifest that? How do you stay out of anxiety and fear and all those things? All right, verse 8. Verse 8. Are you listening? Verse 8. Finally, brethren, whatsoever things are true, not conspiracies, whatsoever things are true, noble, whether things are just, whatever things are pure, whatever things are lovely, whatever things are of a good report, if there's any virtue, and if they are praiseworthy, meditate on those things. So he says, look, I'm going to tell you, anxiety, fear, pressure, all that is coming from the world. People are saying, oh, we got to get the kingdom of God to manifest. We got, and they're, they're, they're rushing around full of anxiety, telling, listen, things that are good, pure, perfect, lovely, of a good report, any praise, any virtue, focus on those. Focus on those. And you know what will happen? Listen to the rest of, listen to the rest of that verse. The things which you learned and received in me, and saw on me, these do. That, that's, how, that's how Paul operated. And he says, the God of peace will be with you. Right? The God of peace will be with you. Make that your focus. Make that your intention. Don't, don't give anything place that would, that would uh, interfere or try to disrupt that eighth verse. Right? Things that are good, pure, perfect, lovely, good report, praise, virtue, think on those things. When something tries to come from the outside, all fear comes from the outside in. Anxiety comes from the outside in. Then you begin to feel it within. But it comes from an external source. Let me say it again. You become a match to what you dwell on. Can I, let me say it in some um, quantum language. Wherever you set your vibration, your frequency, that's what you're going to attract. It will come to you, positive or negative. What you, what you set your mind on, Paul was so adamant. you got to renew your mind. Come out of that mess. Begin to live at the tree of life, and you'll live in the kingdom. Respond. He said in, in that verse 7, he said, um, let, me, let me come back and read this again. Be anxious for nothing. In verse 7, and the peace of God, which passes all understanding, will guard your hearts and minds. Be anxious for nothing, but in everything by prayer and supplication. And the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding. Look, there's peace in the kingdom. There's no anxiety, no fear in the kingdom. 
What, what does that really mean? That word guard in verse 7, that's an interesting word. It's a term that was used to describe a military guard. When you got a when you got a, a military guard, for example, standing at the tomb of the unknown soldier, there ain't nobody gonna get to that tomb. That guard's there, he's not gonna let anybody near that tomb. He'll give his life before he'll let somebody get there. Or or a guard can also hold inhabitants in a particular area to keep them safe so that they don't don't move out of that area. The peace of the Father, which is also a fruit of the Spirit, is given to us to keep us from from focusing on destructive thoughts. You stay in the peace. Let the peace of God rule in your heart. Let it guard your heart. When something comes to you that is not good, pure, perfect, lovely, of a good report, there's no praise, no virtue, no truth in it, seal it off. Guard your heart. Don't, Don't let it say, no, no entrance today. I'm sorry. I'm not picking up on the anxiety. I've renewed my mind. I'm living out of the kingdom. Job said, the thing that I feared came upon me. The Christ that is within you this morning. Look me right in the eye. The Christ that is within you this morning is there to navigate for you and to create the life we were created to enjoy. I can do, Paul said, all things through Christ who strengthens me. Don't come out of the consciousness of being Christocentric, of the Christ that is within you. The Christ in you has no fear. Christ in you has no negativity. There's nothing in him that would bring destruction to your life. You can, through him, do all things. Do you see the flow? Do you see the flow? We don't do it. I can. Jesus said of my own self, I can do nothing. Everything I do is through him. I see so many people today moving away from being Christ-centered. That's what, Humanism, New Age, all of that moves away from being Christ-centered, and it, and it will try to tell you that you can do it yourself. I'm here to tell you you can do all things, but you can't do everything yourself. The Christ that is within you is the arm of the Father that will empower you and bring his will to pass in your life. Mark chapter 9, verse 23. Let's pick up a word from Jesus on this. Mark chapter 9 and verse 23. Let me just hop over there one more page. Let's see what Jesus had to say about this. Paul said, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Unlimited. Unlimited if I stay in the peace. The things that generate the peace. The love, joy, gentleness, goodness, long-suffering. Any virtue it. Focus on it. Keep your focus on the kingdom, which means keep your focus on the tree of life, responding to the voice of the Father. Jesus said this, if you can believe, all things are possible to him that believes. Now, I'm going to tell you something. I've heard heard that verse bring condemnation to people because things are not happening like they think they should, and so they all of a sudden get think there's something wrong with their believer. There must be sin in their life. must be something going on. no, let's just let's back this up. Let's come. Let's lay a foundation here. What are you believing for? What are you believing for? Now, believing. I've defined believing for you a lot of times. Believing is an effortless response to revelation. You cannot gin up belief. 
You cannot make yourself believe, right? You, it's impossible. You can say you believe, but you really don't. When the Father reveals to you something and you see it, you can believe it. Once you see it, you can't unsee it. Once I saw grace, once I saw the unconditional love of the Father without any conditions attached to it, once I began to see the inclusion of all men in the finished work of the cross, once I began to see that as in Adam all die, even so in Christ shall all be made alive. When I began to see Ephesians 1.4, that he chose us in Christ before the foundation of the world. In 2 Timothy chapter 1, verse 9 and 10, that we were saved not according to our works, but according to his grace, which he gave us before time began. When I began to see all those things, I couldn't unsee them. I believe it because I could see it. It only took Paul one little encounter with Jesus on the road to Damascus, his whole theology was shot. His life was transformed. You, you don't gin up belief. You don't, make, you don't tell yourself you have to believe and then believe. Our part is to listen. His part is to unveil. His part is to reveal. And when he un, 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 unveils, when he reveals, when you get revelation, you can believe. Everything comes from one source. Everything comes from one ultimate place. John chapter 1, verse 3. Let me, I, you know, I could, I could parrot these verses out, but I, I don't want to put the words out of order because I think keeping the words in right order is important. Everything comes from one place, from, from one source. Let me get back over here to John chapter 1. I want to read one verse from John chapter 1 and verse 3. All right, accept this. Renew your mind to this. Renew your mind to this. John 1, 3. All things were made through him, and without him was not anything made that was made. We looked a few weeks ago that everything that you see was made from what you don't see. He, he lived in two dimensions. He was bringing into the seen realm that was from the unseen. Everything you see was made from what you don't see. Faith is the substance. It is the evidence of things not seen. Are, are you tracking with me? So everything visible and invisible, he created. And you can't get outside of that. Paul said, uh, Romans eleven thirty six. he said, everything comes from God. It passes through God and it returns to God. F everything from him, through him, back to him. That's a, that's a gigantic circle. That's the circle of life. When he brings you into that circle of life, which he did at the resurrection, Peter said you were born again through the resurrection, not when you prayed the magic prayer, not when you got water baptized, not when you confessed all your sins, not when you signed the membership card. It was a work that he did by himself. And once you see it, I'll tell you what, a gigantic load lifts off your shoulders because it's not dependent on you anymore. And as a result, you don't have to make it dependent on what other people do to tell them that they have to do. <laughs> That's why the ministry of reconciliation is rising up today and covering the planet. God was in Christ, reconciling the world to himself, not imputing their trespasses against them. He's brought you into the circle of life, which is the fellowship with the Father through the Son in the Spirit. He has by grace then. In that circle of life, he has by grace put everything into your hands. That's kingdom truth. That's kingdom dimension. Everything that we have in our full possession 
is given to us so that we can begin to reflect our identity as divinity or the image and the likeness of God. When people are endued with that, when that becomes cemented within, it's not hard to demonstrate the kingdom. It's not hard to be a responder to the voice of God. See, in the past, we've kind of walked on eggshells. We don't want to think, you know, Paul said, don't think too highly of yourself. And so it was like religion for, for generations was, was all about not getting puffed up. Just a poor old pilgrim passing through this life. Jesus didn't put it that way. Jesus wasn't worried about it. He said this. He said, the works that I do, you're going to do. And, the, and greater works than these will you do. It's pretty evident that Jesus is saying, I gave you power, I gave you authority, I want you to take what I did, I want you to expand on it. There's going to be millions and millions of you, only one of me, I could only be in my flesh form one place, one time, ministering to one person. He said, I'm duplicating myself in all of you. Now you understand what John said when he said, as Jesus is, so are we in this world. I ain't Jesus but I'm, I'm pretty darn close to a Xerox copy because of what he's done, because of the Christ in me. I do all things through Christ. Don't, mis, don't misinterpret what I'm saying this morning. Don't, don't misresent my words. I am not the Christ. The Christ lives in me, and everything I do is a function of him that dwells in me. As we acknowledge sonship, as we acknowledge daughterhood, we're going to understand it's power as we continually renew our mind, get refocused. All right, let me just let me land this. Let me land this plane. Bring the ship into harbor. We are growing by leaps and bounds. I am proud of you, man. I can't tell you how far many of you have come in the six, seven years we've been doing the digital cathedral. When I came out of the building, pastoring, you know, a group of people, I had no idea of the worldwide impact that we could begin to have together as a group began to form. Some of you are in Australia, some in Africa, Europe, South America, you're all over the continent, all over the world. And you're, you're taking that ministry of reconciliation. You're recognizing you're maturing as a, as a son and daughter of God. And so now we're starting to look and take a position of responsibility, not because we have to, not because it's a burden, but because we're shouldering up under the family business, brother. It's God and sons. We're, we're, we're learning to govern the planet that was given to us as a gift. And all the malarkey, all the, the hogwash that's going on in governments and religion today is going to be swept away as the kingdom emerges. We're learning to co-create. We're learning to live in two dimensions that we can move back and forth to. And don't be surprised if in the near future you're going to begin to see people do exactly what Jesus did, feed people. A whole crowd of people with, with just a Big Mac and a large fry. All right? You're going to see things begin to take place because we're becoming, we're renewing our mind, we're becoming conscious, and our perception is sharpening. And that's part of kingdom living. That, see, that's what they're not teaching you about kingdom. They're using it as a theory. We're talking about how it actually really functions. And you're a key to it. Amen? All right. The Christ empowered life. It belongs to you. Let's begin to live it a little bit at a time. As we see it, we can't unsee it. And as we can't unsee it, let's just respond and demonstrate it. Amen. God bless you.
Thank you for being with me this morning. Thank you for your prayers. Thank you for your uh, financial support. You're helping me over at the Now Television Network. My program there starts at 11.30 Central Time every Sunday morning. We do a quick half hour. It's 27 minutes and 30 seconds of teaching. I just barely get into it and time is up. Thank you for helping me with that. I'm still not above water, still an expense. If you'd like to help me with that, that would be wonderful. That would be great, especially on a, on a little monthly ongoing basis. That always helps a lot. Thank you. God bless you. See you Wednesday night at the Secret Place. Back next week, and we're going to keep carrying this ball down the field until we reach the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ. See you next time. Thanks for lending us your ears. Just a quick reminder. Our digital cathedral on YouTube gives subscribers the privilege of a front row seat every week. It's a place where our collective excitement amplifies. If you're ready to give, go to donkeithley.com and click on Donate. Your continuous support propels our growth, and for that, we're immensely grateful. Don't forget to hit that follow button and spread the love by sharing this life-giving message with your friends. Have a week filled with blessings and divine encounters. Until next time, stay in grace.